Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief. I'm joined by my buddy. It's Chris, a.k.a. Diagnostic 80 from the Full Force and, of course, Talking Joe right now. And, of course, now we've got a special guest, Chad Lee Bowerson Esquire, a.k.a. Chad Bowers, friend of the show, comic book writer, G.I. Joe, aficionado. Welcome to the show again, sir. Oh, man. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me back. I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Sir Chadley Harrington Bowers Third. We should give you yeah. a full British name for this episode. Yeah. That's pretty good. Honorary. <laughs> Um, how are you, fellas? What have you been up to this uh, this fine week? Oh man, I'm good. Uh, thank you for for again having me. Let's see what a, it's been. Kind of a crazy week. We bought a car yesterday. That's a pretty big deal. Awesome. Okay. What car? Yeah, we bought a uh, Honda Odyssey. Nice. A family minivan for, for my wife and my my two uh, extremely tall children who are crammed into the back of a crossover for like the last six years. So. <laughs> uh, I'm calling the child protection services. You should. Uh, you should. <laughs> You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> what about you, uh, Mr. Diagnostic? I ha- in a week. Oh God, it's just been work. It's been head down. Lots of lots of editing. Uh, lots of interesting news coming out of GI Joe uh, recently as well, and including the fact that the Snake Eyes movie seems to have completely collapsed. Um, the oh. director Robert Schwenke seems to be off the movie, and it's it would appear that they're going back to the ever vigilant uh, script as a as a basis. So I'm not sure if, like, none of this has been fully confirmed by Hasbro Paramount yet, but I get the feeling that SDCC might bring out a bit more information about that. But yeah, it's been like kind of non-stop here at Full Force HQ. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I've just been doing lots of homework because you've made me read a thousand comics in the, ne- in the last four days. <laughs> Try my best. Try my best, sir. I was going to ask you about the ever vigilant uh, thing for a second. Yes. That's that's like the and forgive me because I don't pay attention to a lot of like the. the How dare you! I'm I kidding. know. Well, I'm well, no, but like the movie stuff because <laughs> yeah. I because I always. I mean, this sounds really like like a super pessimist, but I assume it's not going to happen all the time anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. But but that's we all the young, that. Yeah, that's like the young GI Joe, right? Like that's like the the team of made up of like kids or something like that no, which, which one's well, that okay so ever vigilant this script dropped from i think josh applebaum and andre nemich the writers okay. a while back and I, I think the details came out through that hashtag show and they haven't necessarily been like on the money should we say with a lot of it but again at this stage it's all kind of conjecture and, and speculation anyway but the details that emerged from that script um basically had it as a, a sequel to retaliation which is a bit of a shame uh, okay. Dwayne the Rock Johnson was returning as Roadblock, and then they were going to introduce um, Zaymot and Tomax, which I thought that was pretty cool. You know, maybe they could do something like the, the Cobra IDW series. Yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. then it got really weird. It got so so weird. Like there's time travel involved, and this thing where they get this kind of antimatter weapon of mass destruction because they can time travel. And I was just kind of reading this, this the details, going, "What on earth?" I mean. If they were to do it full sunbow and it, and it looked like something out of that first miniseries, like the mass device, and they had like, you know, they were kind of projecting themselves all over the world and stuff. Like I could kind of, I could see it possibly working as a tongue-in-cheek sunbow-esque type thing. But the fact that it's going to be a, retali- a retaliation sequel, I was just thinking, oh God, I can see how awful this would be now. But they had, they had characters like Keelhaul, Chuckles was going to come back. I figured they were going to play the Cobra 
IDW angle with Chuckles and the uh, Crimson Twins. Deep undercover, yeah. Yeah. And then have, uh, who else was involved? Wild Bill. Uh, there was a couple of other names that cropped up. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, how insane sounding is that? But then also, I'm not sure how good that is either. <laughs> I don't like the title, though. I don't, no. I don't, it's, a, it's a bit, I don't, it's kind of clunky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that sounds okay, I guess, if they, you know... If they want to keep it a franchise, I guess that's the best way to go. But I have serious doubts if they do a third one that there would be a fourth one. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it feels yeah. like we're just moving slower or further and further down the ladder of never seeing these things again. I imagine there'll be a lot of kind of, not tweaks, but kind of like a redesign of that whole script anyway. And it would be mm-hmm. a more standalone film. And also, we don't know. We don't have full confirmation yet as to whether Snake Eyes is completely off the table. It's just that Schwenke is off that movie. So, uh, we, yeah, hmm. that's that's all we know. Anyway, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Um, only time will tell, um, and money and budget, obviously. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, last week we tried introducing a new segment of the show called Beverage for the Show. Beverage for the show. Do 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 do. Beverage for the show. Do 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 do. Now I am gonna go do do and drink my beverage for the show. And uh, to start off with, I had this ginger beer and the ring pull broke on me and couldn't even get into the bottle. So I've got myself another bottle. And uh, just to recap, this is Bundaberg Ginger Beer, Australia, family owned, 375 mils, craft brewed over three days. Uber advice. Invert, invert bottle before opening. So I'm going to do that first. I'm going to invert the bottle before opening. And now open. Oh, wait a minute. I better revert. Otherwise, it'll be upside down. I'm going to pull this ring pull. Yeah, success. It's like an unboxing uh, video, but audio. And then uh, it's one of those bottles where you open it and a bit of, it's like, it's not obviously not steam, but it's, you know, a bit of vapour trails are coming up <laughs> the top. Widget vapour. Gives me a little smell. <laughs> yes, smells gingery, which is a good start for a ginger beer. A little taste. <sighs> yes, refreshing. I can tell that is craft brewed <laughs> over three days. <laughs> um, yeah. That is my beverage for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing. And, uh, Amazing. Um, uh, Chad, do you do you happen to have one with you? I, I do. Yeah, I actually did not have one until about thirty minutes ago, and I realized I needed to have one. So, I, uh, I ran out to a local supermarket and started digging through their uh, their cold beverage section, and I pulled a uh, Terrapin Brewing Company uh, from Athens, Georgia. I pulled the Hopsecutioner. Oh, that sounds that sounds hilarious. <laughs> It's a uh, it's it's a light copper India pale ale, and I started started looking at the different ones they had, and I pulled this one uh, one because it's got a terrapin with a guillotine, and he's cutting hops with a guillotine on the uh, <laughs> on the can, but he's also oh. got a but he's also got a black executioner mask, which I feel like kind of ties in with what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, ah. So so the different types of hops used in this are are warrior and chinook and uh, centennial and Amarillo and Cascade, and at least Warrior and Chinook, again, they both kind of fit in with what we're talking about today, Big too. So I said, hey, you know what? Let's grab this thing. Let's see what we got. And I just popped the top. So uh, so let's let's see what this guy tastes like here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I hadn't already opened mine and drank Hoppy. most of it. Hoppy and malty, I'm saying. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. But it's very hot. Very hoppy. It doesn't take your head off, does it? No, not really. But it's it's not my favorite. But it's not bad. Uh, it's very like very earthy. Awesome, good stuff, Chris. Yeah. I have a sparkling blackberry Izzy because for one, I'm a I don't drink uh, alcohol, 
Uh, sorry to again throw a massive uh, spanner in the works for you, uh, Chief. I know that no last problem. last episode we discussed my <laughs> your gluten free, glu- gluten protein, no, dairy free, no dairy, yeah. kind of every. I and don't the eat is, food. Like, diet. That, oh, that's yeah, that's wow. not even like that. It's it's you know I'm I'm I do it for the ease of our of the relationship, but uh, yes. in certain senses it's it's you know it's uh, it's actually. Something I've kind of taken on board and quite enjoy now. But anyway, cool. aside from that, um, yeah, so I don't drink alcohol. I haven't since 1997 was the last time I drank okay. alcohol. And that was uh, against the law, technically, if you can work out. Right, okay. So if I was born in 1980, I was yes. illegally yeah. drinking. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so what's this berry fizz thing you've got like? It's very nice. Um, it is sparkling blackberry. It's exactly how you would kind of expect it to taste. It's not... It's sweet, but it's not to the point where it feels like it hasn't been diluted. You know, like how you get like Vimto sometimes, or what, what was it that we used yep. to have in the Ribena? If you yeah, didn't yeah. dilute it, it would taste like thick, sweet, blooming yes. tar. Just so pouring you, sugar down your neck. <laughs> this is a very, very bright, bubbly, fizzy, but also at the same time, very refreshing and very tasty beverage. So, yes. Good stuff. So, it's three fine gentlemen with three fine beverages uh, ready for the show so uh, because we're all feeling good about ourselves we need to bring it back down as we go inside chief's mind ah! so what is grinding my gears getting my goat really uh twisting my knackers this week so um the sun is out summer's here and one thing that really really peeves me off is people who wear shoes and no socks <laughs> when, I, when I say people, I'm talking about I'm talking about gentlemen because obviously you know women you know who wear shoes without socks is fine, but guys who wear those stupid loafers and like deck shorts and no socks, I don't care if either of you two have got no socks on, you're falling into this category. I don't care that you're on the show. No, I but, I, I wear ankle but, socks and I wear shoes. Yeah, I don't leave the house without socks. Yeah, good man, good man. Um, but Mainly because my feet know. would smell it, like a bag of badges. If I, uh, <laughs> there you go. Number one, number one, your feet are going to stink. Yep. You don't wear socks, your feet are sweating in that shoe all day long, yep. and that's just not good for anyone involved. Uh, number two, it just looks stupid. It just looks, I'm just not a fan, just, I, I don't know, just put some socks on, damn it. I've resisted the temptation several times this week to actually go up to people, tap them on the shoulder, and just say, what do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing? <laughs> Uh, Could you so... imagine the response if you oh, yeah. did that? Well, they would immediately know what you're asking. They'd right? know. They'd say, look, it's my choice not to wear socks. They'd say, I'm I'd sorry. Say... They'd, they'd apologize yeah. first if yeah, they're they from should Britain. Do. They should yeah. do. But um, that's, what's, uh, that's uh, what's grinding my gears this week. Uh, I think you just should take like, a pack of ankle socks around with you, like everywhere you go. <laughs> just like toss them out. Like it's, uh... it's a good shout. Yeah, like, it's a good yeah shout. give them out as free. Like one of those t- like, t shirt guns, you know? <laughs> Sock <laughs> cannon. Yeah. yeah. Boom! Put them on, chump. Yeah, that's um, it. But yeah. Um, so, um, uh, the, hey, if snake eyes can m- find socks, on, then then yeah. they can. Exactly. Well, speaking of snake eyes, we're about to crack into some uh, GI Joe comics because it's time for comic talk. Yeah. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer arrives, then Chief and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hum arrives, Sam Chief and Chris discuss them, whoa! So this week we are going to be talking about Real American Hero issues 93 to 96. This includes the Snake Eyes trilogy, and issue 93 kind of is part of that story anyway, so I don't know why 
you know, why they just didn't make it a... I suppose trilogy sounds good, doesn't it? If it, they made it a four-parter. Um, <laughs> quadrilogy doesn't quad, have the sound. Quadrilogy doesn't yeah. have quite the sound to it. So, uh, yeah, so here we've got... Um, we'll, re- we'll rank these all as, as one story arc, I think. That's fair. Uh, let's have a quick look at the covers and see what we think of these. So, issue 93 is called Taking the Plunge. Top secret logo, some documents, and you can see what would be Snake Eyes hidden visage behind behind this broken up top secret document fan of this one? Oh hell yeah yeah big time <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this cover's this, dope this, this, who is the cover artist here actually because I'm on yojo.com and they've got cover artist question mark well the actual the actual snake eyes is taken from the interior right and that was by yes. um, the, Mark, Bright. Mark, Bright. Mark Bright so do you think it's him that did the cover or do you think it's because there's a question mark about it there was like yeah. eight people working on it or something it looks like it's coloured different because uh, so it's certainly, but but I do think it's the same image. But at the very least, it's been touched up for the cover. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, Lee Weeks does most of the covers for this for this particular era. Yeah, I think. And well, he comes on. I think Andy Kubert did most of these ones. Oh, okay, for on, this, right? for, yeah, for this. But then you're right. Um, Lee Weeks comes on, especially for the uh, uh, when the Saw Vipers killing everyone, all that sort of right, stuff. Right, right. Whoa! Spoiler um, alert. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. Spoilers. Just do you kidding. think? Do you think because it's not like um, because they're using another piece of art and all they're doing over the top? Well, not all they're doing over the top of it. It's still a very intricate thing to design. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it was probably done so kind of? Well, I'll just knock this top secret thing, cut it off, cut it in half, put it, but do it like this. Boom, we've got a cover. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you think it was like maybe not a named artist or maybe? Oh yeah. Uh, just like, someone on the design team or something just knocked it up for the for that particular issue. Well, Larry Larry de- lays out most of these covers, right? So you know that yeah. may have been yeah. that may have been his input on that. I don't know, but it seems like it was pretty easy to do for for sure. It's bloody it, it, uh, it is bloody also, good though. The fact that it shows yeah, just enough to make you go, mm-hmm. yeah. oh my god, because this is something that hasn't really been touched on in the run so far up to you know 90 odd issues of what does snake eyes look like underneath okay we've seen some panels where a bad guy's pulled his mask off and then shrieked in horror but we've never yeah. seen anything and here is a first indication that well holy ball bags we actually might <laughs> see snake eyes face because subject snake eyes you know it's like whoa is this holy him ball bags batman and this yeah. is yeah exactly this is um you know good cover good cover there it is a good cover uh, moving on to 94 snake eyes gets a new face yeah um unbandaging you know, it's 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 an okay cover. I w- yeah. Similar theme. Yeah. S- similar theme to the to one before. Yeah. Uh, Ninety five. This is pretty badass. You got Snake Eyes holding a sword in front of a, a Cobra logo with a load of dead bodies below him, flames roaring yeah, in the background. Dope. Pretty dope. That's pretty cool. That's definitely Andy Cooper. That one. I just like I like the fact you've got Night Vipers. You got yeah, Frag Vipers, Alley Vipers. You know, Vipers. Yeah. I'll stop saying Vipers, but they've yeah. got like it's, it's like a nice collection yeah. of troopers on there as well, isn't it? That Cobra logo looks like the the yeah like the Cobra Air yeah. Force logo. Exactly. Right? Ninety six. Yeah. Another Andy Kubert cover. You've got Storm Shadow, Snake Eyes, back-to-back. Loads of bad guys pointing their guns at them. The red Cobra logo on the floor. Another another bad <laughs> cover there. Oh, I bloody love that design for Storm Shadow so much. Oh, so good. Notice the after Hama, too, in uh, yeah. Kubert's signature there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the few times you see somebody like giving credit to Larry as the cover uh, layout that's guy. That's really cool. I love that. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Um, so we've got... This is pretty much the same creative team for all these issues. You've got Larry Hama, obviously, scripting. Uh, MD Bright on pencils, Randy Emberlin inks, Rick Parker's lettering, and Bob Swan, Bob Shireen, sorry, is on colours. I think that's consistent for all these issues. And you know, the art is absolutely top notch throughout this whole run. So, a real quick kind of synopsis for those who haven't done their homework, or uh, you know, didn't decided not to read along, etc., or haven't read them for a while but like to listen anyway. 
the 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 main premise of this this four issues is Snake Eyes has decided to, or Scarlet potentially, uh, with um, Snake Eyes' joint decision, has gone to the Burn Institute to get a new face, effectively. And I find it funny that it's called the Burn Institute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The third degree Burn Institute of reconstructive surgery. Yeah. There's a few. There's a few road bumps along. I thought the- it was John Burn joke. Sorry, yeah. it probably is. Like totally yeah. uh, deep burn on John Burn in Burn. The the few road bumps here is that we see a lot of flashbacks, and the Baroness believes that Snake Eyes, when she sees his face, as we'll discuss later on, she believes he is the man who killed her brother in Saigon uh, some years back. So she seeks vengeance on him, and in the process. Uh, delivers some punishment to Snake Eyes' lover, Scarlet, and uh, Destro comes in at the end to fix things up, you know, and straighten things out. But effectively, it's all about Snake Eyes and digging into his past and will this reconstructive surgery pan out for him? And and the actual quick answer is no, because pretty much in one issue, it's all undone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so let's let's just dig straight in. Let's just dig straight in. Where, where should we start? I don't know. What's 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 some good oh, bits? Do you think do you think it's set up well in the beginning? I think because obviously th- this feels like one of those. Sorry, Chad, I'll just jump in front of you here. This feels like one of those things where this has been kind of like a slow burn build to this point because mm-hmm. Hammer was laying the foundation way before this trilogy happened when he was setting up you know destro to be kind of reorganizing cobra with all of the different kind of people at different positions and all that kind of stuff so obviously having zorana and baroness together is causing conflict and that leads obviously to this quite intricate plot to you know kind of to include rock and roll and clutch and the brainwave scanner and uh, a a gi joe kind of pickup uh extraction and you know, obviously the long-range reconnaissance patrol all teaming up again to kind of jump in and help Snake Eyes. So there's a lot kind of slowly building to it that you don't really know until you're reading the issues and you're going, oh, yeah, I suppose that was back in those issues when that was kind of being built. So there's the it, it feels like even though Hammer does say that he doesn't know what he's doing, like, in the next page, like, he just kind of, <laughs> he yeah. just kind of makes it up as he goes along. I feel like there was some... I, I suppose uh, foundation building on this particular. Yeah, was there was there much clamouring to you know from the readers? I don't remember reading many letters where we want to see Snake Eyes' face, we want to see what he looks like under the mask. I think early doors in the first you know ten twenty issues there was that you know oh I want to know I want to know, but because so many issues have gone by, I think people have just accepted we weren't going to see his face. So do you think that was just a a harm? It wasn't driven by anything. It was just harm. I wanted to you know show it. Do you think so? I heard a rumor one time, right? And uh, and and I, heard, I think it was built around the idea about something that was mentioned in like a Marvel Age issue. Yeah, that the Snake Eyes trilogy was supposed to be a Marvel graphic novel. Oh, right. That the so so ninety four ninety no ninety three ninety four ninety five ninety six all all four of those would have been like what makes up a a standard sort of you know right. Marvel Marvel graphic novel. I I've asked Larry about this and he says absolutely not. <laughs> but but I but I but I distinctly remember hearing something about that at one point in time. I wonder if Larry was against the idea and has forced yeah. it out of his head kind of like <laughs> ever that, since. that that was a, Yeah, I don't, I don't know because it does feel like a huge event, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh it feels like a big deal. Like we know today like if they were going to reveal like Snake Eyes' face in a story and we'd never seen it before, that would be huge. Yeah. You know, that would yeah. be saved for like, especially when it happens in number number 93, which is the prelude to the Snake Eyes trilogy, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. And so that's kind of weird when that happens. And then we're really just, what, six issues away from number 100 at that point. So it's yeah. weird. So it just it, it feels very organic, and I really like the way it happens. Yeah, yeah. It takes you by surprise a little bit, doesn't it? Does. It does. It really does. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I figure, I mean... I know that I was 10 years old when this comic came out, and I was definitely clamoring to see Snake Eyes' face still. Okay. I have to talk about this from the UK side of things, because obviously we had the Action Force comics. We had um, like Battle originally, and then we got the Marvel UK Action Force weekly and monthly. Right. And in, I think it was, I think it became a European missions one in the end. Uh, I can't remember now. But effectively, this it, there's a short story. It's like a very short story where a uh, journalist... Like, he sent a letter with, like, a, a, a slide on it um, and basically puts the slide in and it's basically this um, this kind of a group of pictures showing a mission... or showing, like, this... It's called War Correspondence. Apologies for, for forgetting that. And basically, um, he gets this, this letter, this journalist, and it says something along the lines of, you know, I've got a hot one for you. The editor wants you to, you know, put this in the newspaper because it's, like, all about sna- Snake Eyes, the guy at Action Force... And he's like, okay, so he's going through the... And the whole issue is just the roo-rah-chick, roo-rah-chick as he's going through each different scene. And effectively, this journalist, uh, funnily enough, the journalist who has got the letter and the, the thing is is on scene and he's taking the pictures of this thing. So you find out later that it's actually him who's taking the pictures. The Dreadnoughts turn up. They, they basically attack Flint and Sna- Snake Eyes on base they take this like super secret dossier off uh, Flint, uh, top secret dossier, and so they chase after the Dreadnoughts. Snake Eyes jumps on the Thunder Machine and beats up Ripper and knocks him off. And then Ripper grabs his mask and pulls it off. So you see Snake Eyes with his back to the camera as the the Ruru chick is getting closer, and you see the back of his head. He looks like Sloth from the Goonies from behind. Like he's like, oh, it's wow. like you know, like kind of almost like a little spine running up the back of his uh, head. It's really weird, like tufts of hair. It's really gross. And as he as he does the last kind of picture, the last slide, it obviously is Snake Eyes turned around, but you don't see it. So he just the the journalist takes the slide out. He lights it on fire and he throws it in a, an ashtray, and that's the end of the story. And I just thought, oh, it's really cool. Like it was, it, it kind of made such a like made such a, a mysterious character even more mysterious. And I think yeah. by taking the the hood off, I think it takes a little bit away from Snake Eyes. In all honesty, and I think if you mm-hmm. keep the mystery going, it keeps that clamor to want to see it even more like intense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think I think. I mean, I would agree 100%. I'm actually just writing all this down so I can go find that issue. But, um, <laughs> but the other thing, too, is that, I mean, I don't, you know, I certainly wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, but it's not as bad as you think it's going to be, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. You know? I was, were you a little bit disappointed? I mean, it sounds morbid to say yes, but, but I mean, maybe, yeah, like what you have in your head, certainly probably more grotesque, you know? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I mean, maybe over time, uh, you know, age had... Uh, help to heal some of the scars and stuff i think there's potentially even a letter i'm, I'm not sure I'll, I'll try and find it in the letters column where larry even mentions that that maybe um time has has healed some of these ravaging war wounds so yeah but yeah it's, i think at the time i i was in the same boat that i i want him to look like you know a completely mashed up kind of just lopsided oh he's a bit lopsided and everything but just completely you couldn't tell it was a human face <laughs> yeah right right exactly <laughs> i mean because so, we're based so messed rea- up we're so the reactions up. that we had seen up to that point you know it, it certainly implied that that it was something where's this guy i mean he 
I mean, not to say that yeah. he certainly isn't scarred or affected by the by yeah. the trauma, but geez, yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of a Jonah Hex thing going, right? Like we can all oh, say, oh yes, that. yes, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the eye and the and the lips and 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 that little tuft of like sideburn that's kind of unconnected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just yeah. shave it off, mate. Just shave that off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have the power. You have the power to do that. I'll tell you what. Before we actually uh, crack into that Snake Eyes storyline full bore, let's just let's just take care of the the other bit with, um, like you said earlier, Chris, Rock and Roll and Clutch and the Baronet uh, or Zorana and Road Pig and the Dreadnoughts. Let's just let's just focus on that bit for the moment. I guess um, get that not get it out of the way. Yeah, let's get I mean, it out of the way. Talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a B plot. There's there's there's, 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 some, there's some he put some humour in this early pages, man, of the actually ninety three. Zorana's just booted, uh, no, a road pig's just booted Baroness out the chopper and she's got a big boot mark on her forehead, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was quite funny. And then a few pages later, when she's um, shopping Zorana to the G.I. Joe, she's looking in some massive telescope. Yeah. And I'm trying to find that page. It's like the biggest thing you've ever yeah. seen in your life. It's a, the city snoop yeah. is what it's got on the, the side. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, city that's snoop. amazing. Yeah. Love that, love that. But um, I want that to be made. We need to, I need to get a customizer on that. Oh, yeah. City snoop. Yeah. Yeah, but a road pig, I guess, was trying to kill Baroness, was he? Because he actually booted her out of the chopper, yeah. and she's managed to cling on. Another bit of comedy: she's clinging onto a back wheel of the chopper. Theoretically, he was trying to kill her. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah. Well, he was he was doing what Zorana wished, wasn't he? Because he loves her so much. Yeah, the art here's so good. One thing that, and I don't want this to, you know, this is not. This is the only negative I've got about all the art here. Is I'm not a massive, massive fan of the way Mark draws Destro's face. I was just going to say that it looks a little bit kind of fleshy, doesn't it? Yeah, I think previously we'd seen it more as a kind of Im- immovable, unbendable like mask. mask. Yeah. Although it had sort of features, but here he draws it very malleable, kind of almost like a second skin. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not bad at all, but it's just what I think maybe the ears are the thing that's throwing me off. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the eyes too. Like, like if there were like some slits with eyes behind those slits, you know, maybe you could it would do something. But this just looks like his eyes. What's the yeah, guy in Flash yeah. Gordon called? Uh, is it General Clytus? The one that Clytus. has yeah, Clytus. 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 The one Clytus, that has yeah. yeah that, that's what he should look like effectively because that's the uh, that's about as real yeah. as it gets, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or Doctor Doom. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention here is we had this discussion the other week, Chris, about how the brainwave scanner works. You can't prove now, it. We we kind of we kind of um, we kind of agreed that it was Cobra creating some kind of some kind of computer software program nope. that then was being that was being beamed into the Joe's minds. But here they're actually building physical sets. Yeah, so sets and props, which I I don't think necessarily was what was going on in the previous issues. I think maybe there's a mixture of things going on, but I just can't see in that other issue if they were props or not like i can't tell i just can't right. work out chad do you have any insight on that no it, the brainwave's gonna work chad come on that's no i think on the show no well i i think i agree with both of you guys it kind of works two different ways like when we see it in the, previously it's like a virtual reality almost right like they're yeah. going inside the thought and doing damage inside the thought to affect the way the memory works right but in this they're physically like Almost like a green screen with actual like theater props in yeah. front, and we even we even see we even see uh, Torch roll that like giant cardboard submarine uh, <laughs> <So laughs> out, oh, and he even makes a comment. It's 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 this is that classic sort of like Looney Tunes sort of yeah. like Larry Hama like yeah, ain't I a stinker kind of stuff. It's like you know, <laughs> it's it's so weird that that. He even draws attention to it, and you know he draws attention to it sort of after the fact from a scripting standpoint, yeah. which I always find fascinating. 
and so you wonder sort of what Mark's working off of in the script. Is the script kind of like conflating the two? Like yeah. what's the what's the difference in the script uh, or the plot rather? Because who yeah. who drew the first brainwave issues? Would that be like Wiggum or somebody? Like yeah, yeah. It's very different though, for sure. Quick quick break here. I've just flipped over the comic uh, and issue ninety three. And I've got an advert here, double-page advert for cartoons on NBC nice. in 1989, I guess this would have been. So, Chad, does any of, the, any of these cartoons ring a bell? Kissy Fur. Oh, hell yep. yeah. That's a, that's um, a bear, I don't right? know any of these. I was Kissy called Kissy Fur all through junior school because What's of that Kissy show. What's Kissy Fur? I don't know. Oh, is it's it a, a bear? It's a little bear, bear. yeah. It's yeah. a bear, like okay. bear kid with a dad yeah. or something. Camp Candy looks, yep. like, uh, looks like a fat cartoon version of John Candy. That's exactly right. <laughs> which I know. Tell you what, Captain Nintendo, man. Oh, I used to yeah, pretend. I used to get my zapper, and that would be my belt, and I would run around pretending to be uh, Captain N. I was twenty-five oh, yeah, yeah, at she, the time, so he's holding a zapper. <laughs> he's holding a zapper, and he actually says, "You don't need electricity with me around." Somehow, he can fire electricity from his gun. 
He got, also, it, he got it off Mars. I'm, jump- <laughs> yeah. I'm jumping back here now to the issue at hand. We also see here for the first time some Tiger Force stuff. I know you're a big fan of yeah. Tiger Force, Chris. Well, actually not for the first time because it has appeared pre- pre- previously to this in right. that special missions issue that, which we covered previously. Well, um, last week, you mean? Yes, I don't remember. Exactly. Um, but okay. yeah, I was going to actually point this out because this is the... Um, you very rarely get... Uh, like Tiger Force at all. It's like that one special missions issue and then the odd shot of a vehicle here and there. I think it's another one in an issue we did recently <laughs> as well. Right, okay. um, but they, yeah, what they I get the feeling that Larry was trying to write them out a little bit because he, he, he wipes one out, doesn't he? The Sting. Yeah, I mean, this, this Tiger what, Sting, off, is yeah. that a... Is, this, is the Tiger Sting a repainted Cobra Stinger? Stinger? Yeah. So yeah, it's, are it's we led to believe Stinger. that... Are we led to believe that G.I. Joe are buying weapons from the same place from Mars? No, captured Cobra vehicles, mate. They're captured Cobra vehicles. That was the the whole premise. Some of them weren't, but but most of them were. So um, you had the the ferret, which was the tiger rat, I believe. You had the The rattler. Oh, sorry, that was the tiger rat. The the ferret was the... um, Tiger like paw. A goat. Is that right? I think, yeah. I okay. think it's a tiger paw. That's the four that's the four wheeler, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was obviously that was a captured Cobra vehicle. There's there's, yeah. there's a bunch, but then obviously you've got okay. the Snowcat in there, which isn't. But that was the whole premise was that they were capturing Cobra vehicles and then And vice versa. Yeah, yeah, with Python right, Control. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because as I've mentioned every single time on the show, um, my my G.I. Joe knowledge has pretty much exclusively come from the comics at this point. Well, I'd, I was getting the toys, but at this point I had kind of long stopped collecting the toys. So, How dare you? Um, all, all, these, all these tiger vehicles, although they look cool, I, I don't really know any of the background, but that's why you're on the show, Chris, uh, to just tell me about the toys. Incidentally, the um, tiger cat was a snow cat, right? The yes. um, tiger paw was the ferret. The tiger fly was the dragonfly, so that wasn't cobra. And the tiger shark right. was Copperhead's um, moccasin. Water moccasin, yeah. So that that was a cobra one as well. So there was kind of like a mixture, but the whole premise was billed as that, as a cobra stealing kind of scenario. Oh yeah, I think, and I think you said uh, they do take it. They do take the stinger out off panel here. Yeah, there's a lot that happens between the end of that, like that cut, and when we come yeah. back. Yeah. It's a bit of a firefight, and you turn over, and the stinger's upturned in yeah, flames. Yeah, and the, and the Conan van's turned over on its side, too. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a big shift. Let's talk about the Conan van for a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if we go back to the City Snoop page, right? Because yep. Larry, Larry's editor on Conan at the time. Uh, ah, was he? I, I, I believe, yeah. I believe he's at least, if he's not editor, he had certainly been editor on that book for a while. So, yeah, it's such a weird, you've got the Mr. Zoftig yep. ice cream truck. and then Is you've that got Mr. The, Softy in, uh, like, German or something? Yeah, I, I guess it, well, that's what, that's what the question is. Is is that Mark Bright just doing two vans and right. and Larry, like, making them part of the story? Or are we specifically saying in the plot, hey, make sure one's an ice cream truck with you and, and make sure one's, like, a you know heavy metal van with, like, a, a barbarian on the side? I don't know. I'm almost curious about that stuff. I mean, were they thinking this was the most inconspicuous vehicles they could get? <laughs> yeah, you know, let's, right. Let's, let's, let's go deep undercover. No one's going to think to stop an ice cream van and, and a van <laughs> with a big co- barbarian on the side. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're kind of kind of fitting for the dreadnoughts, but I just typed yeah. in Zoftig definition, and this is what I get. Definition is having a full rounded figure, pleasantly plump. There you go. There's it. 
Interesting. Well, Road Pig's in that Road Pig's in that van, isn't he? So Anzarana. Yeah. <laughs> take, take your pick. Yeah. But and it's funny. If you, no, I was going to say if you look at the vans, uh, I forget what page it is because I'm in the trades. But it's when you see the back of the vans, all the like uh, bumper stickers and stuff on the back of the Dreadnoughts van. The license plate for the Conan van is Knock One. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't break for anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's the other one? If you beat can read it. this, you're too close. You're too close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Beat it and the other one, yeah. And then some, some goddamn yuppies show up. And doesn't... I love the fact that his license plate has, like, yup one on it. Yeah, as yeah. Well yeah. As well. yeah, yeah yuppie one. Yeah. Yuppie one, yeah. Yeah. And they just... I don't... I don't. They just literally... They want to throw down with the military. They're, they're, Gone Guy's got a crowbar out, and he's literally willing to take out Roadblock, who's got a M60 or whatever he's got. No, he's 50 cal, sorry. Yeah. Mardus. Um, just... <laughs> yeah, Mardus. Yeah, yeah. This crowbar did it, but... Um, yeah, and one guy's like, "Oh, you're going to make me late for my crystal aura balancing." Yeah, it felt very, it felt very like a like an indictment of like California culture and not yeah, like Long yeah. Island culture at the time. You know what I mean? Which is yeah, weird. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. I think that was yeah, that was the, the yuppie thing was pretty big back then, though, wasn't it? There was like that sure. whole, that whole craze of, I mean, like there were news reports and all sorts, like just dedicated to the yuppies so i think larry yeah. was jumping on the current topical uh it know, is trends it is a bit of an odd choice though obviously this is this is for the purpose of zorana and the dreadnoughts getting away this is the diversion the distraction <laughs> it does seem a little bit odd that that was you know that i, I don't mind it at all i think it's pretty cool but uh, you know i wonder if they're oh yeah like you say i wonder if it was just it was in the in the zeitgeist in the popular culture and that was why larry wanted to use the yuppie as the distraction I think sometimes yeah. with the writing, I would prefer it if, you know, there's like a, a more subtle approach to like how a mob is formed. Um, the problem is when you're writing this stuff, you have to be very individual to certain people that are speaking and you have to highlight certain people in that speaking. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. And I kind of feel like in, a, in reality, yes, a mob could form and cause some issues to military forces or whatever. But in this case, it didn't feel like... It doesn't feel natural, but again, like I, I can't, you know, it's comics. Like you have to have some element of ridiculousness in there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll say this: you, this this is something we can kind of talk about as we go through the the issues a little closer too. As an adult reading this, and I've read this story so many times when I was a kid, but as an adult reading this, that stuff kind of popped up all over the place. Yeah. You know, and, and again, G.I. Joe is still primarily a book being written for people who are like, you know, 11 and under. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's certainly fitting, and I never noticed it when I was a kid, but there's even a moment when it, it's just little pieces of dialogue that are so interesting, little little quirks. And we can get back to the Dreadnought stuff in a minute because I think there's a couple more things to talk about there. But like when they first, when Scarlet and Snake Eyes first, when their cab pulls up to uh, in Switzerland, and the line is a driver that hospital-like building over there. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it, it's a hospital or it's not. What's well, a yeah. hospital-like building? Yeah, you know? totally. that's a, that's an interesting line. I have been all a couple over the world, and every hospital building looks different as well. So it's like what? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, what what does this thing look like uh and then so anyway there's another couple of little things like that that we can talk about as we go through but yeah i mean it's it's i guess what we call homoisms you know yeah i i'm just flicking the page here i've got another i've got another advert uh and this is one of those marvel pages with checklists for issues and it's, it's a feature called star signals and it says can you can you name this uh what this guy did it says meet superstar tony franco writer on now i've actually never heard of tony franco tony and, uh, franco tony franco he was a marvel writer tony franco he was he, he was the pen 
He was the penciler on Heathcliff. Oh, cool! And the writer, the writer on Hugger Bunch, Popples, and Fufa. And he's the current writer on another kids' book. Um, it was a Hanna Barbera cartoon, very famous. There was a live-action movie made of this cartoon, Scooby Doo. Nope, it was it Yogi was Bear? it was relaunched recently Garfield at DC for a twelve issue run. Oh, Flintstones, God. yeah, the Flintstone oh. Kids is Flintstone this Kids, okay, yeah. So, but anyway, um, I've never heard of him, and I superstar didn't even know Flintstone Kids comic, yeah, like no, no, uh, mega, oh yes, super, yeah, meet superstar Tony Frank. Anyway. You've, you've so you promoted him to megastar in your head? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. That's how much you. That's how much you love Flintstone. <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> One of the lesser-known Franco brothers as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The, the Dreadnoughts do escape here, though, don't they? They Oh, they get away, of course. And then um, Baroness decides uh, she doesn't want them escaping or she wants, you know, uh, a contingency plan. And uh, she presses a button with the sound effect of boink. <laughs> <laughs> and then the van blows up with a wham. She's yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, again, like you can see, you can see through it. It's she, she wants them captured. She wants the Joes captured naturally. She wants it to kind of look, you yeah, know. She wants, right. Well, she says it, you want it to be credible, you know, and, yeah. and look. But they've. All, I, I guess the thing is, maybe she wants to off because the, the Joes have now been. She also hates Zorana, so. Well, she wants to just kill Zorana, I guess, because the Joes, the captured Joes, are now in the custody of the Joes. Or are they still in the back of the van? No, not yet. They're, they're still in Zoftig, Mr. Zoftig. Oh, of course they are, yeah. yes. Of course they are. Because the next issue talks about uh, how the, the front of the van only blew up. Uh, and the, the, yes. whatever, the, the manifold between the front and the back kept them kept them alive. Yeah, it was carefully whatever. placed. She didn't want to obviously kill the Joes because they, right. be they need to get into the pit. Yeah, um, it's a precision explosives. Yeah. yeah. My favorite kind of explosives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you've got to blow something up, but like very, very carefully. When you only want to take out a third of it. <laughs> and that that's pretty much... There's, there's a few... The next three issues, they do touch a little bit on, you know, clutch and rock and roll, but only from a viewpoint of they tell a story, supposedly off-panel, about them being yeah. uh, captured in a submarine and escaping. But apart from that, it's pretty much all flat-out Snake Eyes stuff from now on. Yeah, big time. And I tell you what, I really on oh, the really massive loved... flashback for the Baroness as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of Snake Eyes related, I guess, in yeah. a way. Um, big time. But that first page, and Harmer's been doing this pretty much every issue. The first page is always a splash page. Yeah. In fact, is that a comic book thing anyway that I just don't notice, Chad? You'll you'll be better versed than me to, not to know. It's no, fine. not not really. I mean, sometimes you know it, it tends to happen in these issues more than than others but uh yeah splashes seem to be throughout this whole trade i was noticing that last night um he doesn't do that every issue but he may do that at every issue of gi joe mm. yeah uh, he does it he do, every every first page is pretty much from larry is pretty much i mean i've got twelve thousand comics and off the top of my head i wouldn't even be able to tell you whether it's standard to have a splash on the front page that's just how my i just obviously have the worst memory in the world but, i like um, i like that that technique though i like that first opening page being really yeah. powerful enough to really yeah. draw you in you know kind of going oh wow that's cool and then it kind of knocks you back a little bit and you get into the story it's almost like taking you out taking you by surprise a little bit isn't it yeah and that first page look at that i mean it's it's almost like uh mark bright's done an homage to, to it's like kirby crackle in that yeah. bottom left-hand panel, instead of being crackly, it's bubbly. It's like a bright bubble. It's like Zartan's uh, effect in the comics when yeah. it changes, isn't yeah. it? It's not, I wonder if that's Zartan just changing into a console. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
And at, at the risk of losing any G.I. Joe cred I've built over the years, I have honestly never noticed that every issue starts with a splash page. Yeah. There you go. That's that's how deceptive it is. That's how that's what I was saying. You know, it's psych out deceptive. Sneaks warfare. up on you. Yeah, and I just looked through. I just looked through maybe twenty issues here on the desk, and it's true. I mean, it's yeah. wow, that's incredible. You just never noticed that. So yeah, it's a great way to catch your attention for sure. Definitely, definitely. Anyway, and he's, he's got some funky tools on that little tray that he's going to operate. Oh with. Oh my god, yeah. I don't know what's going to be happening. And there's a, there's a funny bit in the previous issue where Scarlet actually says when they're going to the Burn Institute, oh, it's, you know, this um, special cutting-edge surgery, it's going to be so painful. It might even yeah. be fatal. She's basically saying to him, you might not come out of this. Yeah. Well, so there's a time jump here too, right? So number number 93 ends, oh, yes, with, a the month. Yeah. ends with the explosion. And then when Hawk calls Scarlet to let her know kind of what's going on, like she she basically says that it's been like a month, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, which is very interesting, which which I guess is a good way to explain how Snake Eyes' face has like gone through certain, multiple surgeries and he, he's yeah. basically you know, healed up, I guess. Exactly, yeah. That's, yeah, because obviously he wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to have, you'd, you'd still have some stitches and some scar lines and stuff but that's yeah like you say it's good good reasoning about how his face is, is cleared up but um, what we need now is we need a we need a to fill that six months in with loads of gi joe missions um <laughs> the, the lost six months or something yeah like yeah <laughs> really cool really cool panel here um on page three of you know where snake eyes is having his flashbacks uh, to saigon and you've got snake eyes and storm shadow and stalker in the jeep with the the planes going overhead and it's like a bustling you know, really downtown like Saigon, page. really cool panel. Mm-hmm. That. So let's talk about this. And you guys, I know you guys have talked about this on the show before, but like ages and stuff like that of these guys, right? Like how they're how the ages sort of like they don't they don't really ever bother me as a distraction or anything like that. But I did the math last night. So this is sixty eight, right? They 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 flat out say it's sixty eight. <laughs> okay. What am I doing? Am I going down a rabbit hole here? Should I, no, should I stop? No, I'm excited. Go, go. I'm excited to see here how old these guys are. Well, if you do the math, Stalker in present day would be about 45, assuming he's 25 here. Right. Yep. Or, you know, and that's okay, but you'd be hard-pressed, I think, to find anybody else, say, like Captain America in 1989 headlining a book that's, that's you know, probably assumed to be over 35. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. And then when you start doing the math on, guy, you know, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, it works out about the same way. And, uh, yeah, I, I just find the ages fascinating on these guys. I totally agree with that. But at the same time, I kind of, I, 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 you know, as a kid, you, you kind of, when you look at the toy line and you look at the characters, everyone, you don't really take age into consideration you just see everyone as like an equal in a weird way mm-hmm. they're all yeah. on this they're all this kind of you know the figures are all i'm not sure if there's a psychological thing but the figures being the exact same height all the way across the board and then yeah. you're kind of like it, it, your brain almost tricks you into thinking yeah everyone is like the same and age isn't a thing like it, it just you, i would be hard pressed to even say what i thought the ages were of those guys absolutely yeah it's really weird, isn't it? I know I totally agree with that. And then, so I like the fact that when Larry does the issues, Stalker appears a little bit older. General Hawk appears a little bit older. So you've got like, you, the ages start to kind of like be formed in your mind a little bit. And yeah, I could definitely see Hawk being like close to 50. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I could definitely see Stalker easily being, yeah, that 45 kind of age. And the others being like, you know, in their 30s. Because it's not like you can just come straight out of high school as a, an elite operative. You know, I think... I think there has to be some years of experience in in the warfare arena that you're in to to build that. So yeah, I think it's it's yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know many comics. Um, the only one I actually know there probably are a couple, but the only one I know of that 
takes place in real time is the Judge 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 Dread strip in 2000 AD. So a year yeah. a year in a year calendar in our time is actually a year in the comic and all the characters and all the storylines age in real time. Yeah, Savage Dragon does that too. Ah, does it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But there's not there really aren't many that do that and, you know, most comics will go out of their way to not date something presently. Yeah. But you know, and assuming this this story is taking place in like 1989, you know they give the Baroness's age later on as 16 as well, which puts her at like I guess like 37, which is interesting. And again, like I could see that I could just about because it like Zorana calls her old, doesn't he? Doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she right. That's that's what I was going to call Sorry. back to. There is no, you're exactly right. <laughs> there, there there's a moment where they address that earlier on. Not that 37 is by any stretch of the imagination old. But. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm long gone. I'm, I'm long way gone. past it. Yeah. For, Forty-five, either. Yeah, yeah. Can we just say? Can we just say sixties? Really young. Can we just go there and then? I like we'll, it. We'll be safe for a while. Yeah. Yes. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. I'm just flicking through. You actually mentioned this earlier, Chris, about the vipers on the on the cover. And this is is this the first time we see alley vipers, night vipers, and heat vipers as well? Uh, well, there are frag vipers, th- but we've seen frag vipers, been... haven't we? We've seen frag vipers. We've seen. We've. I think we have seen night vipers at. I want to say shortly after the Cobra Civil War. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we've seen Night Vipers already. Yeah, I think 92 is where you actually roll out Frag Vipers in and Alley Vipers. Oh, yeah, oh, of yes. course. Of course. Because yeah. that issue, right, and I, I know you guys have already covered this on the show, but that issue is is really just a product dump. Yeah, of, of of all new kinds of all new characters, all new vehicles. Thunderclap, Warthog, Condor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So much so that in the issue. You actually see characters looking at new vehicle guides for 1989. Yeah, that's quality. There's a scene where Cross Country is looking at a guide. Uh, They identify the Condor because Cross Country has a guidebook showing what the new product (laughs) is going to be for 1989. And then you kick back and you see an Annihilator looking at what the G.I. Joe products are going to be for 1989. Amazing. And then you see one of the guys in Rio Lindo looking at one in Spanish uh, that's got both (laughs) of them in it, which is great. It's uh, that, I love that, that is such a lovely little kind of homage, isn't it? To no, it's great. Yeah, it's just brilliant. They, they should have gone. Good, they should have gone whole hog and recreated the the product leaflets that you get with the figures. Just completely, oh, yeah. you know, scan it in and just copy it into that little. <laughs> yeah, why hide it? It's amazing. How do we feel about this flashback with Snake Eyes and the Decobrays? Because you know what what's again for those who who haven't haven't read it what's happened is where we mentioned that panel where all the guys are in saigon um there's a couple of guys on a moped come by it's a drive-by they they kill the local kid can't remember his name stalker takes a flesh wound storm shadows down snake eyes is the only one unscathed he then jumps in the jeep and basically tries to hot tail it after him to get some revenge and this is where he stumbles on the Baroness and her brother, uh, and this is what leads... The, the brother gets killed, the Baroness thinks that Snake Eyes was on the scene, and he's the one. She's built a whole international terrorist career around this, this <laughs> point in time. Do we do we like this flashback and, and the, the, the interlinks? I do. I do like it a lot. I think it works really well for the story. The question that I've always had about this, uh, again, especially as reading it as an adult, is what spurs that flashback for Snake Eyes? Like We know, it, we know why the Baroness is thinking about that particular day. But why is Snake Eyes on the operating table thinking about that day? Yeah, good, good thought. I mean, but yeah, uh, again, the, yeah, I, yeah I, the, the should. I think maybe it was just missed that there would be that would have to be there would be some sort of link for him to to be sparked with that memory at the same time. Maybe it's because the 
the like are they they're not because the, the baroness is nowhere to be seen at this stage is she like she's nowhere right. near snake eyes yeah right but you can you can even write it off as like in that in that mini series that we're gonna do that tells you what happened in that 30 days that snake eyes overheard yeah, a call yeah. to the baroness or something like that yeah. there's plenty of ways to make it work it's just an interesting piece of that story that connects the the totally. two yeah yeah that whole yeah. that whole chase scene in that flashback is, is quality where the guys are shooting back at snake eyes and when especially when that yeah. jeep rolls and kind of blows up and he's underneath it uh, oh, burning great. beautiful you know, re- really, yeah, really really good really stuff cool. totally. i mean the arts kind of transitioned because you had that that lovely uh, rod wiggan period ron wagner came on and when ron wagner was inked really well his stuff was fantastic unfortunately there was there were some issues where the inks were a little bit thin perhaps a little bit scratchy and I for me personally it, you know was up and down the tony salmon's arc i know i'm in a minority uh, <laughs> uh, of, of someone who actually quite likes it but i know the vast majority don't marshall rogers again some of his stuff was great some of his stuff was a bit down but now with mark bright on this kind of extended run the, you know it's it's just high quality stuff from top to bottom across all the board of uh, pencils inks colors everything is just really popping and sitting so nice oh yeah for sure i mentioned on the show the first time i was here chief that that i'm a huge fan of the mark bright run yeah. on this book and you know there's like a there's like an element of like neil adams in his art uh even though it's a little more cartoony uh if you yeah. look at the, the the his layouts though they're very much i think from that like neil adams school yeah and uh i i, I just love this run that there's that one page where spoiler alert baroness shoots scarlet in the face <laughs> and it is just incredible like it mm-hmm. like it's just i mean you feel that page do you know what i mean like it's just mm-hmm. whoa even like you know scarlet's hand just off the bottom of the of that panel just kind of like oh like irk kind of oh it's just it's just insanity that bit that oh it's piece. perfect yeah the, the ejection, of the, the, ejection oh. of the cartridge i think as well kind of mm-hmm. leaves, hangs it and the the shade and the color and um, amazing stuff actually I, and i Powerful. tell a lie i I did. Yeah, I did mention earlier that um, it's pretty much straight on Snake Eyes stuff. But of course, we do get a couple of pages at the back of this issue where uh, our old friend Raptor shows up, uh, <laughs> and uh, Billy gives him a nice kick to the face, and he starts talking about uh, where his dad's buried, and that's going to be picked up. Uh, and again, just a few smattering of pages in the next couple of issues. Do you think he wears that costume while he's an accountant at work yes. as well? Yes, and he's, he's, yeah. he's driving around in it, so I'm guessing like he prefers that get-up to like a suit and tie or whatever. Well, he, and, I think he said when he's introduced, he said it helps it helps the birds to calm down um, when he's dressed up as a, as a big bird. But um, <laughs> I wish it was Big Bird that showed up. Actual big on full on Sesame Street Big Bird. I know, out. and That'd he gets amazing. confused and thinks it's That's another bird, and he starts like like mating with it and raptors yeah. like what the hell yeah i can see that um we get we get I, I listen to his face man that's what i want to see you now yeah <laughs> i listen i listen to the um war rocket ajax podcast and i know the guys on there are a couple of your friends chad but i don't know um, what that is <laughs> <laughs> uh, chris and matt and uh, what we got coming up here is what they would call some full-on uh, marvel comics bullshit oh yeah which is the pain brothers and these are guys oh. who are effectively professional torturers. And look at their get-up. Look at what they're wearing. That Sexy is amazing. AF. I love those guys. Sexy AF. So which one is it who's got the Snake Eyes mask and the axe with the sex trousers on? That's not Torquemada. That's the other dude. Uh, uh, they all have Chris, names. Chris they do. Bo- I can't Chris remember Bo- which one's which. Yeah. There's Decide. Torquemada. There, besides the guy with the, the mullet. Oh, yeah. He's a dude. So Tor- Tor- uh, Torquemada... 
Chris then Bo. there's um yeah Chris Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's my favourite, but mainly because of those <laughs> sexy trousers. And then there's a panel where he's been incorrectly inked to not have flesh showing at the oh, top of his boo. legs. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's like he stole Psylocke's lower half, isn't it? And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so Psylocke's. Pants. Oh wow, yeah, I, I'm looking at that now. I'd never noticed that before. That's ridiculous. Unless he yeah, was incorrectly amazing. inked on that panel, and no, he shouldn't have showing f- flesh. But I, there's no, lines there's, there. There's two. There's two shots of him like that. The yes. next page, top uh, second panel, has him in the same same shot. Yeah, so maybe the second time he shows I up, I think it's, it's wrong. the opening page. The opening page is wrong. Then yeah, I think he should have had flesh showing. That's anyway. beautiful. Why is there no figure for this dude? I imagine a customizer has done that. Oh yeah, and probably yeah, done and horrible things yeah. to that's it. That's a that's well. a that's a road pig and uh, what is that? That's a road pig and a snake eyes uh, head. I'm trying yep. to figure out how you would make yes, that. Yes, but how would you do that? And then <laughs> and then a Marvel um, Infinite's uh, Psylocke lower half. Oh, I was, I was going to say who shows their legs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is a bit strange here because. She's hired with effectively heels. with yeah. heels as well. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. She's, she's, she's hired the Pain Brothers to, you would assume, inflict some pain on Snake Eyes and torture him. But then she takes over and she's like, I don't want anyone inflicting anything on him. So exactly, I don't, I don't really know why they're there. Yeah, why take him down there? They're yeah. only there so that Snake Eyes has something to wear. <laughs> That's it. Which I absolutely Correct. love. I love this part of the story. Yeah. Uh, can I? I I've got to. I've got to talk about this. So I, when I again, I'm, I'm bringing up that that trip to the US, Chief, for the fourth, I think, episode in a row now. Apologies. Okay, do it. Do it. So I went to the US in 1989 with my mum and dad. I'm gonna stop saying that from now on because I think people know it verbatim. And again, I, one of those figures that I saw on the shelves in '89 was the version for Snake Eyes, and I had no context at all. Uh, about this figure i just thought oh wow he looks cool and thought yeah, that's a really really awesome like uh, you know redesign update to the figure fantastic I'll, I'll have him and then it wasn't until like years later that i read this run and was like oh that's why now i get it he's wearing all those <laughs> weird clothes but yeah it was like having no context to why he all of a sudden has an updated redesign I just thought it was them cashing in on the on the character and just you yeah. know obviously it was but I mean I didn't realize there was actually something to it or I suppose yeah. it was, this is Larry's retconning of that figure right Oh absolutely I think that's what happened the, the figure comes first yeah and then then in the comics he pits that cuz those are too many specific pieces yeah but there there's there's anyway we'll get we'll get to that in a minute but I I I think this is just yeah total marvel comics bullshit but, but perfect in its way yeah yeah it's great stuff it's great stuff and and like we mentioned earlier snake eyes has had his surgery success he didn't die uh but now one of the pain brothers i think it's um crispo i think crispo yeah he basically throws a load of flaming hot coals straight into his face and oops scarred again so so let me ask you this this is something that the, the aforementioned chris and i have discussed many times as a kid i read that story as him getting the hot coals thrown in his face and that being like ah. Oh, it just it was just fixed and now it's messed up again. Yeah. But I think looking back on it, I don't think it is messed up. I think I think it's I think we're supposed to be like, oh no, that it happened. But if you remember, and this gets way ahead of, I don't know if we can even do this. Yeah, I'll just on, say I'll just say that I don't think it's messed up because later on he takes his mask off again and he's not wearing the rubber mask. He's just wearing the glasses. Yeah. And yeah. then, but but I will say this in. Larry's modern stuff, the IDW stuff, he is wearing a rubber mask again. So yeah. I, 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 I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's something for you guys to discuss in the show later on, obviously. But I don't think his face is completely nightmare. messed up. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. really is. I mean, the fight scene is 
the fight scene's really well done, you know, with the chain. It's got weapons, chains, and swords and whatever. And then there's one panel just where Snake Eyes uh, takes them all out with a, with a low blow. One of them's got like a, a, a mace or a club with like some, some big metal spikes sticking out of it. And I mean, that yeah. is going to leave a mark for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to um, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He and he's winding anyway. up to use it as well. Like yeah. he's, he's literally going to cleave him in twain with it. Yeah, they say they're going to they're going to pulp him. Is what they're going to say. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it looks like something Ooh, out nice of a wrestling fights. match where he's got a kendo stick, or whatever. But obviously, it's a bit more deadly. And he's a, the guy's leaning over, ready to take the kendo stick to the back. But mm. uh, this one's going to be a bit more painful. And then we see obviously Snake Eyes pick up um, some of the gear that these the Pain Brothers have been wearing. All right, so let's let's talk about this for one second because because he, he picks up the gear right. What's he? What's the first thing he does? He picks up the, the katana right, and then he puts on the mask right <laughs> to, to to cover his face. So yeah. this is sort of the Batman's the Batman thing. What's what's real? Like a snake eyes the guy underneath the mask, or is the mask the face and all these pieces? I've always thought this because th- there's no reason for him to put that mask on. There's nice. genuinely no reason for him to put that mask on. Yeah. But from a psychological standpoint, like I think Snake Eyes is like, nope, I tried it the other way. This is my f- face. Yeah, I think he knows. Yeah, yeah, man. So that I think reminded he me knows. of that law, law and Order quote in the movie. We tried it the other way, but it didn't work. Hey, Law and Order is a theme, man. He finds the bombs, I drive the car. We tried the other way, but it didn't work. About it didn't the- work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he finds the bombs, I drive the car. We tried it the other way, but it didn't work. <laughs> It's Adam Rich's favorite line. He loves that project. line yeah, so much. Yeah. It's why I know it so well because he says it every episode we do. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> but you know, did you guys ever read? Uh, did you guys read the Garth Ennis Punisher Born yeah. series? Yeah, I did. Yes. You know, yeah. you know the the big story there is sort of that there's something in Frank Castle long before his family's even gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That totally. that makes him just like he is just a killer at yeah. heart. You yeah. know. I think that's because he enjoys Eyes. it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Snake Eyes enjoys it so much as it's just who he is. He's just so good at it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Rambo: First Blood, where you know he's come out of the war, he doesn't know what else to do. Right. You know, he's he's wandering through a town, whatever, and he has a mental breakdown at the end of the at the end of the movie because he just he wants to live a civilian life and he can't do it. And I think that's the same with Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes can't do anything else. Oh yeah, and he he feels he feels. In that kind of persona, he has to wear the mask and he has to, like you mentioned, you know, get into the role, as it were. It's a shame we can't see, like, Snake Eyes have a breakdown, like we see Rambo have a breakdown in First Blood. Because, like, I I think that would, like, you know, oh, we we can't now, obviously, but, um, you know, I think that character could have done with some, like, ability to show a real kind of, like emotion towards what has happened in his life there's never any like real big moment with him other than when he's with scarlet and they're together but he's always very calm and upright and very straight and very composed yeah i think he's come to terms with it when Mm. they first go to get him in the high sierras in the first in the first when we first see them recruit him i think he's had that moment and he's already kind of just fine with it at that point Uh, which is you know a story that i'd love to see i'd love to see him have that moment yeah but but yeah you know storm shadow doesn't invite too many people uh, up to the house you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. like he invites this dude that he served with for a couple of years you know that when they were in vietnam together like storm shadow had to see something in this american guy yeah that yeah. that you know storm shadow is a is a trained 
assassin ninja before he even goes into the jungle. Yeah. What what is it about Snake Eyes that he's able to identify as being, you know, better than or you know, something yeah. special about yeah. him? You know? That he's not gonna do the same for Stalker or Exactly, exactly <laughs> Wade or yeah. Yeah. Or any of those Ramon. guys. Yes. Yeah. Ramon. <laughs> well you you mentioned them early and you just mentioned them then. They get the the long range recon patrol back together, don't they, effectively, because Wade done a, has done a bit of recon himself in the Cobra right. Consular as and a then CG as a CG. Well, you haven't seen the CGs for a while either. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it's a shame because I like those guys. And Stalker is in his kind of semi arctic Tundra. Gear. Is it? Is it it's Tundra, <laughs> yeah, Tundra gear, Stalker, it? yeah. Tundra yeah, okay. Stalker, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't have his blooming kayak on his back as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a, you get a Jameson um, re- a cameo here for some reason. Yeah. But, you know, that's oh, no, I, 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 J. Jones. Sorry, I was miles away then. Yeah, I was like James. Oh, you J. Jones. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. J. 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 But because they, yeah. there's been some get out of the way letters. Flat top. <laughs> there's been some letters. I think previously asking questions. Is this set in the you know in the Marvel universe, whatever? And it's always been referenced to be no. And I don't mind that he's in here. I think it's you know a nice little comedy moment. Cute, and I don't yeah. think it needs to lead to anything more. But yeah, and then they just decide. No, something. Uh, there's an explosion. Isn't there, uh, Snake Eyes has set off a load of C4 or something. They mentioned about a yeah. dead cord and some explosives. Mm-hmm. He's clearing the building safely and then also sealing it so no one can kind of follow him up there and stuff. Yeah, and this, this is where he goes kind of full diehard. He goes oh, full yeah, diehard, yeah. and this is this is yeah. this is a little bit strange in a way because obviously you're led to believe now for two and a half issues worth that he is on a mission now to get to the Baroness and offer you know per mm-hmm, six feet mm-hmm. under and then obviously at the end he's the one who actually saves her kind of saves him, yeah so i'm not sure you know what 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 was his decision in terms of saving her at the end what how did he come to that that decision? i don't know yeah, I, 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 I think point? in this moment he's probably just on the offensive as the best course of action because yeah. if you're if you're just trying to escape or whatever then you know, you know the, the the same token. This is Cobra. This is Baroness. The, you know, it's it's an evil organization. It maybe he sees it as an opportunity to. He's in. He's in. He's already infiltrated there. By you know, he doesn't need to do anything anymore. He can just take out as many as possible. And I think that's probably mm-hmm. his mindset before Destro turns up with his megaphone to explain the backstory. Yeah. Well, I think he's on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect because I don't think he's necessarily. It's never actually. He's not going to say it, obviously, but everyone's assuming he's out to get the Baroness. Like you mentioned, Chris, he might just be uh, trying to take out some Cobra guys on his way to extracting himself. He yeah, might not right. be on a dedicated line to the Baroness because theoretically we're led to believe he was unconscious or in a coma when the Baroness shot Scarlet. So does he even know that happened yet? She does tell him when she's about to like uh, stick him in the face with that hot uh, poker. Yes. Yeah, uh, she yes. says like your girlfriend got off easy or whatever. Yes, but uh, so he does know, but but there is the moment when, uh, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead too much here, but like when they're behind the they they've put up the barricade and Snake Eyes has sort of like slid in, you know, and we don't know oh, yeah. he slid in yet. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's literally right beside the Baroness like a couple of times. So I guess in in my mind he could have easily you know th- taken yeah, care of. Oh, yeah, I he's think... disguised. He's disguised as a Techno Viper, isn't he? They say Toxo right, right. Viper in and the comic. As they well, do. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is weird. That's an error. Yeah. So I guess, in fact, I, think... I noticed. I noticed a few errors in a couple of these comics, and they passed me by right now. But that one was one that stood out to me, and I'm thinking. 
that is definitely a techno viper helmet but yeah. again i think that does go to show that he was just literally he was probably just getting in a position to find out what the, the f was going on why is she specifically targeting me you know and possibly he was just getting in a position to work get some more intel do you know what i mean right. like because again right. you're right he could have killed her at so many different moments he kills everyone else like yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever done a body count on this issue no uh, that's a good have show, you actually. oh of course uh, <laughs> right. yeah 15 is it that wow. snake snake has snake has takes out 15 that's amazing is, and is, that's just on the screen though isn't it he could have done right exactly off, right? yeah but that's just that's just who we see him take out <laughs> i guarantee yeah. there's another 50 on top of oh that. my god yeah and how however many are you know killed in the explosion not 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 including like you know people that are deaf due to explosions and all these other awful <laughs> but, things yeah, that have happened to people hit by like debris on the from yeah the, from the explosion on the ground yeah yeah, yeah. I, I gotta tell you guys though as a kid that scene where the night vipers kick in the door oh. and they're going down to take him out and they're like yeah we're gonna get him and he like takes out the top one and chunks their grenade down yeah. at him i love that scene i love anything like that that's that's almost that's almost a bit of an homage to like maybe maybe silent interlude maybe i'm looking too much into it where you know he chucks the grenade yeah um at the ninja it's kind of a little very kind of you know on a thread well it's very it's the stairway it's the door it's the you know him getting the yeah yeah yeah, there's there's a lot lot of uh definite kind of yeah comparisons you can draw totally he straight up snaps that dude's neck though (laughs) yeah i do love that though when you see snake eyes doing like a Rambo in the jungle kind of yeah. maneuver on the on the cops or like that picking them off one by one there's a, one of the, my favorite things in Arise Serpento Arise is when the Sarge and a bunch of vipers and they're all chasing that like weird you know the gooey monster that was like the the failed Arise Serpento uh, the failed Serpento experiment oh, yeah. and he one by one takes the vipers out that are, that are trailing I think they might even be trailing the Joe Copter uh, or something along those lines. Or they might even be training the monster. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he takes a viper out one by one. And it's just like, oh my god, I love <laughs> like that. And so that, yeah, that, that panel is just so cool. I was thinking about the, the expositions we've had so far. And we were, where we mentioned about why was Snake Eyes having that flashback. And also, when Baroness was given... Uh, one of the one of the I think it's a toxic viper says, "Oh, he's only after you. We, you know, he doesn't want us, or he might just be a right. viper." And she then her bit of exposition is just explaining to the regular foot soldier her whole back history of being in Saigon. Would she really be explaining to him that? I don't know. But the only one that really kind of fits the bill, and you say yes, that you know is Destro's one because obviously he's coming in on the megaphone. But then again, he starts by saying, "Snake Eyes didn't shoot your brother." Where did where where was it mentioned that she thought Snake Eyes did shoot her brother to death? Right, right. It's it's the same thing that we get back to when Hawk call when he calls um, Scarlet. Yeah, I'm having a tough time saying that, guys. I'm sorry. When he <laughs> calls Scarlet uh, and says, "Hey, the first thing that Zorana said when she came out of her coma was that the Baroness was on her way to kill Snake Eyes." Yeah, where did where did Zorana hear that? Because there's there's clearly if you look back at the staging of that scene where she's on the phone with Doctor uh, Hundkinder. Uh, and then the then Zorana calls in right before she blows up the the Mr. Zoftig truck. There, there's no way she would have heard that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it's there's weird like little staging things in here that we're just kind of taking for granted. That oh well, this guy I'm sure knows. I mean, I presume that the Baroness is like, yeah, you know, maybe she's told Destro. Maybe that's maybe that's pillow talk for those two. You know what I mean? She's like, <laughs> yeah. did I ever tell you about this? And the and Destro just now put it together. I don't just know. just in a pair of underpants and his helmet. 
Right. <laughs> but th- but theoretically, we could argue that it was Destro's dad, Destro Senior, who was really responsible because he's the one who sold the guns. Right. To the yeah. um, he yeah. sold the right. firearms to to those those um, Ooh, yeah, the dudes who kill ended up killing the Baroness de Co- uh, Bar- Baron, Baron de, de Cobre. Which um, is is in- well interesting when I was reading that part uh, for the first time, thinking, oh, he actually was a good guy. And he was trying to do like some like humanitarian work because just before yeah. you kind of get that, I suppose the proof of of his good nature, it seems that he's just as much of a an a hole as the guys that have just turned up with the guns. Like you kind of think, oh, she's obviously been tricked by her dad into thinking that he was a humanitarian and all that kind of stuff. And then the door closes and they have that conversation, and he's like, a brother. Oh, sorry, is it apologies? And uh, to be like, I can't believe you got, you know, you're buying guns when we should be doing this and this and this. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, so I I, I understand now how, you know, she thought that he was some, you know, that he was a good guy because he actually was. Yeah, because he was was given the money effectively to buy medical supplies, etc. But they used the money to buy the weapons, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, you know, like we said, um, they're all on the top of the building. It's all crumbling. She's falling down. And, um, you know, who would save her? But but Snake Eyes and Storm can I just Can I quickly just run back to that splash page on 96, the first yeah. one, yeah. with Snake Eyes diving on the ground, firing the rifle, taking out a viper, a trooper. You've got another, I think maybe another trooper, possibly an officer. No, it's another trooper. Uh, the vipers, night vipers, televipers up there, kind of like yeah. relaying the information. There might even be, oh yeah, there's another trooper in the background. It's like, I just, I think it's beautiful. That is such mm-hmm. an amazing splash page, I think. Yeah, I mean, the art is just is, is fantastic throughout. And one thing that Mark Bright does really cool on the art here is Larry's cranked up the suspension and made it almost into a disaster movie. Yeah. Because, you oh, know, yeah. you've got the rain coming in, the storm, the, the flames on the building. You've got the helicopter pilot who won't take off because of the conditions. The mm-hmm. building's crumbling. There's uh, people civilians. fleeing, civilians yeah. fleeing. It's it's really great. Like, it, it just really ratchets up the tension yeah. and on it moves, the story. It moves rapid. You know, every panel, there's, there's, no, there's no fat here. There's no excess. Everything's moving mm-hmm. along, flowing really well. You know, the Tomahawk, they're going to get Scarlet to the hospital. No, wait, we're the only one in the vicinity who can help Snake Eyes and the guys. You know, it's really ratchets up the tension and the suspense. I think the art looks great with the rain as well, doesn't it? Like, the rain mm-hmm. really adds some sort of next level to some of these scenes. Yeah. yeah. I've got a advert here for a Nintendo game. It is a WCW game featuring a tag team. Oh, it's the... No, I was... Uh, Legion of Doom. Oh no, uh, it's, uh, well, it's Hawk and Animal. Uh, yeah, the, you're half it, right. Yeah, not Legion of Doom. It's their WCW tag team name. Ah, uh, sorry, I'm an idiot. You kick yourself. Road no, Warriors. Not... Yes. Yeah, that, that's the Hawk and Animal ad, right? Yeah, Hawk and Animal. Hawk, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's good. I can't believe I accidentally got it almost right. <laughs> 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 Another thing I just wanted I wanted to mention is that Storm Shadow. There's a scene of him where he's avoiding a rocket, jumping yep. up into the ceiling, a heat yeah, viper heat rocket. Viper. Oh, Can I also yeah. add that as a as a child, I thought heat viper were flamethrower specialists, and I, I right. even though I read the bio a million times and they've got rockets on their ankles, okay. I still for some stupid reason thought they were bloody flamethrower specialists. Well, In any case, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You'll tell me immediately. I'm going to guess it's um, high explosive, but I don't know the other two. I really like the staging of that scene that you're talking about, though, because uh, it's it's really well thought out. You get the you get Storm Shadow on screen the page before, then you get the, the Heat Viper launching its rocket, Storm Shadow jumping into the Celotex uh, of the building, 
and then running through the top of the building and to come through that same screen that we saw him on the page before. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. I yeah. love that that we see the underside of his backpack, and they've and they've obviously got some toy reference, and they've they've mm. got the shurikens on the bottom mm-hmm. of the backpack, but also the fact that it's not bright red, I thought is quite interesting too. Oh yeah, that's right. What about the uh, tomahawk doing a flip? Oh, that's so. I love it. That is so amazing, but at the love same it. time, like ridiculous, but also, I mean, that is like the ultimate in you know rescue isn't it to catch someone in a helicopter without chopping them in half it's proper tom cruise mission impossible kind of special effect that i could you know realistically oh, see yeah. oh he'd probably do oh, it yeah. he'd probably no pilot yeah. the helicopter <laughs> he'd pilot the helicopter then get them to film it again but he would be the one jumping into the helicopter as well and then they'd yes. tie the, suit, the two scenes together because <laughs> he's a nut bar yeah. also i think i think heat stands for high um explosive anti-tank because okay. they do mention anti-tank weaponry in the bio, but they don't say the acronym. High explosive uh, okay. anti-tank is what it says on Yojo, anyway. Yeah, and and as we've seen in quite a lot of issues lately, Larry likes to wrap it all up in two or one pages, or, or here, a panel, or here in two <laughs> panels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you get the two kind of choppers. This reminded me a little bit. This panel, where the the second to last panel. Uh, <laughs> two choppers are flying away from each other <laughs> that issue 34 shakedown where yeah. ace and wild weasel yeah. kind of yeah. hi- uh, salute each other salute each as other, they walk yeah. as they're going past as walking as they're flying past each other <laughs> <laughs> they might as well be yeah. skywalking that's what they yeah, call it skywalking and here it's the oh look baroness and destro are waving at us that's nice <laughs> let's give a wave back blow them a kiss yeah yeah so i mean as as a whole if we're looking at these four issues uh we're obviously gonna rank them yo joe cola out of eight uh who would like to go first with their uh their ranking for this one is it out of eight i thought it was out of out, ten did i is what i said out of eight that's only because i'm giving it an eight <laughs> what a clown <laughs> what an absolute clown <laughs> i'm like my whole you time i'm thinking i'm sure i've given something nine before i am unwell i am unwell all of that's staying in by the way so oh, of can, course it is you've done, you've say, done cut your, it cut it cut it you've, you've done your you've done your one so chad what, what yeah. would you say mate i'll give it an eight you know this <laughs> this you can only go up to eight. No, you can go up to ten. No, I'll, I'll give it an eight. That's the highest you can go. No. <laughs> I, you know, I I give it a ten. I really do. I love this story. I think I've actually pointed to some some what I consider to be like some weird like some goofs in the in the storytelling and some little things like that. Just some weirdness in the storytelling. But this is the story that made me go all in on GI Joe when right. I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I was already reading it regularly month to month but this is the story where i was like no no this i'm gonna be a lifer for this stuff okay like i love this story so much and i feel like it is as close to like a self-contained sort of action movie story that you get in the run and there's stakes there's stakes that sort of set up stuff that happens for the next you know 50 issues agreed in this you know there's there's lots of good comedy in it too one thing that we didn't talk about was that that poor televiper who constantly is showing the baroness like, "Hey, this is going on downstairs. Hey, this is going on downstairs." Yeah. And I really, I really love that. No, there's there. It's a great book. Um, I think it really sets up for everything in my second story, which is when they send Snake Eyes to Barovia. But yeah, no, this is a great. It's a it's a solid ten for me, warts and all. Just for point of reference on the on the ratings. I've only ever given two tens, which was Shakedown issue thirty-four and Great one. The, I've called it Cobra Island Shenanigans because I don't think it has an, as an actual name, which is issues forty-five to forty-eight, where okay, um, obviously the Ripcord Zartan and then Storm Shadow Snake oh. guys go to get Zartan. That's the, 
uh, go the to yin get them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a then, great story. And uh, Chris, our good friend Chris, has only given one ten out so far, and that was issue eighty-five, which was the si- the second silent issue. Oh, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's so yeah, amazing that silent issue. I actually yeah. prefer, prefer that to the silent interlude. Like you yeah. know, like the only Joe fan I think that does. But it's uh, what. What, awesome. what are you giving this though? That's what we want to know. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in between you guys and um, stop you from kissing, and because yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, I'm gonna go with nine, um, yep. just because I just think it is brilliant. I think it's action packed. It's interesting. The plot, like you say, there are some kind of little moments where you're like, but how does she know that? And how does he know? But at the same time, it's really intricate and complex and good, and I love it. And I think it's brilliant. The a couple of things I, did, I remember those mistakes I noticed. One was that there's a there's a scene when the long range recon patrol of Wade Stalker and Storm Shadow are just walking into the Cobra building, and there's a shot of them. Uh, you don't see Stalker's like top half, but you see his arms, and he's paint he's coloured white. Oh yeah. So I'm kind of like uh, initially I'm thinking, oh that that's a mistake. Uh, but you know that those things happen. It's not not a big big deal. But the other one was the fact that we flip flop between Snake Eyes having chest knives and not having chest knives in mm. in the two last final issues. So when he actually gets changed, he doesn't seem doesn't appear to put the the, the knives on. And then in the one issue where he's raiding the explosives area, getting the TNT together, and all the troopers come down the stairs and they're like, "Whoa." Let's back the f*** off. He doesn't have them on his chest. And then all of a sudden, when we see him in the next issue, uh, and again, there was a couple more scenes in that previous issue where he doesn't have them. And then all of a sudden, he's got them again in that that next issue. So um, are we led to believe that he puts them on at that point? It seems weird because he's already left that arena. I I don't know. But in any case, um, I just think it's brilliant. I loved it very much. And the art is gorgeous. Yeah. He's got a strong run coming here, Mark Bright, for sure, for sure. Oh, my God. No kidding. He had, he had a good run for Sheffield Wednesday as well, didn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up front, scored a lot of only, goals. Only you will get that out of the three yeah. of us, I believe. Yeah. That's Sorry, that's Chad. Fine. That was a that's soccer fine. from the UK joke right there. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> not, even a, not even a joke, a fact. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, I don't even know what we're reading next week. I'll have to have a look uh, and find out and tell people at the end of the show. But um, we do need to have a little section of the show called British Colloquialisms, a.k.a. Over-Egging the Pudding. we got a pudding. We're going to egg it. we got a pudding. We're going to over-egg it. we got a pudding. we got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British Colloquialisms. This week, my uh, saying that I heard this week was... Um, I think I was at work and someone had um, made a coffee from the coffee machine, but they pressed the wrong buttons or something. It all come out just complete mishmash. And they said, oh, this has gone really pear-shaped. And that's it. Pear, get, saying something's gone pear-shaped means basically it's uh, not gone well or it's, it's not as planned. I have no idea on the origins of that, but um, there you go. Feel free to use that. Everything's gone pear-shaped. Amazing. My one is slight because we've got to stick to this stupid rule where it has to happen within like the week that we record, and it's only yep. been about three days. That's the rule, days. man. If you don't want on, get off the, the only, train. Well, well, the only one that's come up in that time was when I was I was with my family. Uh, we were watching something on TV, American Family side, and uh, I can't remember what we were even watching. And I just commented because a friend of mine used to say things like, "Oh, he doesn't speak a, a, a he doesn't speak a word of the Queen's." That was what he would used to say. And I said it out loud thinking people would understand what I meant. And they were like, what? And I'm like, you know, like the Queen's English. 
she he doesn't speak a word of the queen's english and they and again like they're just looking at me like and it's basically <laughs> what you say to someone if they don't speak the language and they're, or they're trying to then you, you you that's what the the saying used to be and uh, yeah so i said that out loud and everyone was like perplexed and i thought well Surely that makes sense, but no, obviously no. it doesn't. Well, let's get back on track because uh, does we Chad need to have do... one? <laughs> oh yeah, do you... Chad, do you have a no, British colloquialism? No, I, I do not. Um, I do not. But I got both of those. Okay, okay, yeah. And even without the explanations, I knew exactly and, what those were. And guess what? You don't speak a word of the Queen's. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been described as pear shaped. So. Ah, there, <laughs> there you go. Um, we're jumping back on the G.I. Joe train just for one brief moment because uh, Chris is going to talk about some toys. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Uh, this week... <laughs> I love saying this. It just reminds me of the Fast Show. This week, I have been mostly eating... Chipolatas. <laughs> but this week, I have been mostly playing with or thinking about Snake Eyes version 3 in uh, the United States, or I think it was version 3 in the UK, no, version 2 in the United Kingdom. So um, that is obviously the Snake Eyes that is attached to this run of comics that we've been discussing. I tried to keep it, you know, related to what we're doing. Uh, again, we're seeing the tomahawk, but yet again, I'm postponing my talk on the hum- on the tomahawk because I just wanted to talk through this this figure. And even though I've kind of given the game away a little bit previously, basically just kind of uh, relates to the fact that when I was on holiday in the US, I went into the toy store and boom, there was Snake Eyes, brand new stonking Snake Eyes. And I was like, this is amazing. Picked it off the rack, had to buy it. Brilliant. Added that to the list of amazing figures I bought that uh, that weekend. Uh, all that that two weeks period, a uh, three week period, we were out there, and again, like, just thought it was an update for the figure. Thought it was a pretty cool looking update for the figure. I was really intrigued with it. I thought the weapons and the accessories were incredible. Uh, and obviously, just talking through it, it's the Snake Eyes that's wearing the, the Pain Brothers clothing. Yeah, you got the mask, obviously from Crispo. <laughs> You've got the <laughs> the chest knife kind of conglomeration. Uh, I suppose the uh, pants. I suppose the most of the rest of it is from, is it Desaad? Uh, yeah, it's Desaad, Crispo, and Torquemada. So Torquemada, Torquemada had the knives. He's oh, the guy okay. that has like the, the domino mask on, yeah, I think. Yeah. There's like one guy that's got like just the domino mask. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he is wearing something from each of them, uh, which is which is cute. Um, and then I guess at some stage he stitched it all together afterwards to, cre- to create a more solid get-up. But um, again, having no context of that comic at the time, I just thought it was really cool. In any case, he's got the chest knives, which were, I think they're called butterfly knives. No, they're not called butterfly knives. They're called, um, what are they called? Oh, I, I don't know, but they're the ones with like the spikes on the handle. Yeah, uh, yeah but I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what they're called. I feel really bad uh, because I've, I've, I feel like I've said it many, many times before in the past and can't remember. But anyway, he's got those on his chest. It's not butterfly, is it? It's like... Um, Anyway, big butcher knives is what I call them. Huge, wicked, awesome knives on his chest. But the problem I thought with that was that they didn't like come out or you couldn't use them. They were molded on. So it was like a little bit of a 
bummer. And he doesn't and he doesn't use them in the story either. No, that you just you just for decoration. But again, backpack with pegs so that you could slide a sword down there and he comes with a, a quite an odd sword that has like the holes in it. Mm-hmm. The submachine gun with the hook though was brilliant. I loved that. Oh, I love that. I thought that yeah. was so so cool and a really cool upgrade. And the weird three stick nunchuck conglomeration was really awesome as well. And the blowgun, which and I the thought blowgun. Was just, that's, a, that's a weird piece. Yeah, it reminds me of Princess Leia as uh, the bounty hunter. Oh, Bosch, yeah. Yeah, with that, with her kind of ridiculously long gun. It's weird for a guy, I mean, this is this has nothing to do with it, but even as a kid, uh, I thought it was weird to have the blowgun for a guy who doesn't talk. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird, It's. A, I mean, not that he can't use his mouth. Not oh, that he, he can blow, eat, mate. Not that he doesn't. He but, can yeah. blow. <laughs> It's classified information, but, but he can but, blow. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but as a silent as a silent weapons guy, to have something that relates to, to I don't know the face and the mouth, I thought it was always interesting. Hand but to yeah, gland yeah, combat the- instructor. Sorry. Anyway, yes. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, you're right. The, the, there are there are some odd choices in there, um, but also like, I just but I just love it. I think it's so out there and quirky. And when you gear him all up, he looks amazing. Like you know he's he you know he can carry all of his his gear to a degree, can't he? So yeah, and he's got that weird little like what's that weird little thing on the side of his head? The little like uh, it's almost like a spotlight, or is that like a is that like a radio? I, I never I knew what it was. I just thought it was like some sort of like earpiece or something that he would yeah. utilize. But yeah, it does stick out. And it's it's odd, but you know the big pouches on the arms as well, like on the to- on the upper arms. But there's loads of different textures in there too. Like there's the shiny like legs, and the, but then he's got mm-hmm. that kind of textured top underneath. Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, there's a strap over his right shoulder. There's a strap that's obviously maybe holding something. You know, to, to make it look like he's holding the backpack on or something as well. But it's, it's just really cool. And then the silver accents. And it's just a... It's a weird, weird update. But again, I think works for him. But in any case, glorious card art as well. Just yeah, beautiful, absolutely. beautiful card art. Now, we got... You got the figure in the US in 1989. That's correct. We got him in 91. Part of the G.I. Joe carded range of figures that were... So we went from... We went from Action Force, well, we went from, you know, Palatoy Action Force to mm-hmm. Hasbro Action Force. Then we moved into G.I. Joe, the Action Force, which was, again, like, you know, rebranded G.I. Joe carded figures. And then we went to just G.I. Joe carded, which was effectively okay. they just got bored of, you know, doing anything on home soil. And everything was just, you know, repackaged in a way. Uh, in, okay. the, in the, you know, well, hardly touched, shall we say. Now, I will read through his, his, his file card very quickly. Subject was Ranger qualified and graduated from Rakondo School in Na Trang prior to his service with Long Range Recon Patrol Unit in Southeast Asia. It is generally accepted that he received extensive training in mythic martial arts from the same ninja family that produced Storm Shadow. No official records in existence, qualified expert in all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms, black belt in 12 fighting systems, and highly skilled in the use of edged weapons. Quote is... What can you say about a good guy who goes bump in the night? The man is the most wicked guy in the valley. The bad guys would like to see him declared illegal under the Geneva Convention. On the other hand, he is kind to small animals, which I think is brilliant. But again, zero context to the issue that he was in where he actually got this 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 get up. Yeah. And so like I it was just amazing to me that this figure existed. And I just, you know, as a kid when you see a new version of a of a loved character, it's an instant buy. How many how many more versions? Versions of this character were there out of interest? 
<laughs> Sorry. That, that makes me laugh a little bit. Um, if you go onto Yojo, you'll see we're up to version 68. Okay. And I'm not kidding you. And in fact, that's only on Yojo. They haven't up- updated. So there's probably, I think it's probably broken 70, okay. the versions of Snake Eyes. But in terms of the original vintage, if we go up to, say, 94, there were six. And yeah. well, six if you count the 1.5, you know, seven if you count the the second swivel arm version yeah 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 how does your head cannon work for this toy when you were a kid do you remember don't really i did i just enjoyed using them as as snake eyes there was no that i i didn't change anything there was no like uh narrative in my head about him it was Mm -hmm. just you know a bad figure that was you know that went on missions but to be honest this isn't my favorite snake eyes and in the same year we got version four in the US. That that is my favorite version, which we that's, got. That's I think, the blue one, right? Yeah, blue and gray. Yeah. Oh, I love that version. Absolutely adored that oh, version of the. That's the a great figure. toy. Yeah, but again, like yeah, so that's the Snake Eyes in eighty nine or in ninety one for us. I yeah, I just loved having him. I just thought he was really cool. As one of the few characters uh, who in the comics changes costume. I mean, you know, Stalker does it, and like your 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 big like five or six Joes kind of always change costumes, right? But like yeah, but Sna- but Snake Eyes changes costume pretty regularly. You wonder sort of what the in story reaction was to this suit, uh, the stuff that happened sort of off panel. Like, it's yeah. like oh, yes, yeah, Snake has get thrown into some like weird sex dungeon at the Cobra Consulate, and this is the thing he wears from now on. You know? It should have been called like, the Sex Brothers, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such an interesting thing that he gets this, um, and, and it's not just something he wears for this mission. Like, he wears it until he puts on the new one. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting, and it's funny. I don't does I, I I guess the version four doesn't get that much play in the comics until he has to switch out to his Ninja Force garb. Well, I think the first is he wearing that on the first cover of Ninja Force. What's the first cover of the Snake GI Joe featuring Snake? It probably Ninja is Force? that one, version. One actually. two one maybe or one one two zero. I can't think. Yeah. I think he's wearing that blue and gray one, if I remember correctly. So they did get some kind of mileage out of it, hopefully. Then, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, as a no, he's wearing he's wearing the black, the weird black one with the white eye slits uh, on the cover. Yeah, but there, but there is a cover that has that blue and gray costume with the kind of orange visor feature pretty prominently. As a kid, you know, I was super obsessed. As much as I was obsessed with the comics and the toys, I was really obsessed with the uh, the trading cards, the Joe trading cards. Yeah, yeah, and the Snake Eyes. In that trading card set, uh, well, there's two, there's two Snake Eyes. There's like an original Joe's Snake Eyes, uh, and then there's like a new recruits Snake Eyes card. And the new recruits one is the is the the orange visor, blue and gray and black. And I always thought in my head, I was like, what is this gonna is this gonna be like a new Snake Eyes because it said like new recruits on it instead of uh you know just just GI yeah, Joe. But yeah, I was happy to. Re- fine when i got the figure finally that that was not like a new snake eyes yeah and again like really cool i mean was was it was this on your radar at all chief ben had this i think but yeah not i i never had the figure and i think like similar to you when we were doing like setups out in the garden and, and building bases and stuff there was no extra narrative in my head about oh he's now you know gone through this storyline or whatever it was just another get up for for, for, mm-hmm. for another mission 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, so that basically brings me to the end of Chris Talks Toys. This, uh, yeah, Snake Eyes version 3, 1989 US and ni- version three, uh, version 2, 1991 UK. Good stuff. Thank you very much, sir. We'll be more talking toys next week. Uh, one of my favourite segments because I pretty much know nothing about these toys, so uh, I'm getting educated every week. Yeah, that was cool. For free. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> And that, that was almost like mansplaining to Chad what he already knew. Yeah, yeah. But I knew it. I, my hand is in the air. My hand is in the air waving furiously. I, I'd like to know, sir. Please tell me, sir. Sorry about the fansplaining, Chad, anyway. No, that's cool. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the UK history of that toy because I had never, never heard that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Um, Again. It's, it's, it's now time for Chief Fast Chad a question. Chief Fast Chad a question. What did he say? What'll he do when Chief Fast Chad a question? He'll leave. <laughs> He'll leave. Um, <laughs> this, this is actually, it's a bit of a cop-out anyway, because this is the backup question I had for Chris last week Brilliant. when I asked him a pizza-based question. And if he didn't like pizza, this was going to be the question. So I haven't even done anything original for Chad. I was just like, oh, f- it. I'm just going to use something I've already got rather than I'll get a new yeah. question. Screw um, Chad, right? Yeah. That's fine. The, 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 old, <laughs> the old spuds, the old spuds, the old potatoes. Everyone, everyone loves potatoes. If you don't like potatoes, you shouldn't be listening to the show because this is a potato-friendly show. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to have potatoes, what, what's your, your, your preferred method of cooking? Do you like the boiled, the mash, the chip, the steam, the fried, the baked... Uh, the sautéed, you know, what, what's, what's your go-to potato? Man, I'm from South Carolina in the United States. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a loaded mashed potatoes boy. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. You don't know what loaded mashed potatoes are? Oh, no, man, it's, mashed it's just, potatoes it's, with it's things like, in it. Yeah, it's like, it's, like a, it's like a baked potato, but you just take the skin off of it and mash whatever's inside, but you, like, throw everything, you know, in it. Like, you've got, like, you know, cheese, and you might have some sausage, and you might okay. have some, you know, some... some I hate to say vegetables because they don't usually put that in mind, but you might have some vegetables in there. So you bake them. Okay, so your your technique for getting it to... So it's effectively a baked potato. You remove the skin, break it all up, and add things to it, yeah? That's how, that's how I do it, Okay, yeah. so yeah. in the UK... We peel uh, them, don't we, and then just well, mash them. Yeah, I would... Peel I and would boil and mash them. Peel, so you boil them, yeah. Peel, yeah. boil, slash steam... Uh, I don't want to be slashing on my food again. Chris accused me of that last week. Um, <laughs> boil or steam and then mash with uh, a massive knob of butter. Uh, knob. Yeah. I love knobs. <laughs> a massive knob of butter uh, and a splash of milk and then mash it all up. Uh, but what... what mash you know, it up. What I've been doing recently, and this has now turned into Chief Ask Chief a question. What I've been doing recently <laughs> is taking the, taking the potato, baking it in the oven, and then after it's, you know pretty much there with about 10 minutes to go take it out cut it in half scoop all the inside out much similar to your north carolina variant oh, but then south, south carolina. carolina south oh apologies i'm in a lot of trouble now north east carolina Ca- east carolina is, is north carolina <laughs> flare country uh well i think i think carolina's flare country okay, but carolina's yeah flare country that's, that's, uh, uh, anyway um i'm scooping out the inside into a bowl putting in the butter and a little bit of milk and then I'm, I'm doing your loaded variety i'm adding all my ingredients in mixing it all together then i'm putting it back into that potato skin which is oh, crispy crispy like a wow. shell i'm grating wow. cheese on top and i'm putting it back in the oven for 10 minutes yeah wow so i've kind of got i'm doing my own version of a loaded really yeah so my mom used to call this greater taters is what she would call them <laughs> and you just threw every you just threw everything in them right you would bake them and then you'd scoop them out, you'd put sour cream, you'd put bacon bits, you'd yep. put sausage, you'd put 
uh, heroin, different types of cheese, <laughs> heroin. That's right. <laughs> Throw a little bit of this terrapin brew in there. That might work. <laughs> like whatever, whatever's laying around. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's how we did it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Chris, potatoes? I don't know. Is that something you're legally allowed to eat? I am illegally allowed to eat potatoes. Uh, I'm illegally allowed to eat potatoes as well. Um, I, lo- I love potatoes in all sorts of uh, ways, shape or forms. But one of my favorite ways of doing them was uh, doing a baked potato with... Okay, so I do it where I put like an oil over the skin and sea salt. Kind yeah. of roll it around in sea salt and oil. And then I cook it for like, you know, longer than you should. So the skin is really super kind of crispy and really kind of nice and inside is really soft and then i cut that bad boy open and i dump things in like coleslaw or beans or cheese or all three of those varieties and obviously you know just uh, so just put the vegan versions of those in uh cheese and and coleslaw but that's what i would that's what i would do and i absolutely adore uh, baked potatoes or jacket potatoes as we call them yeah and the like UK, that jacket potatoes, yeah. nice yeah. nice good stuff good stuff there'll be more questions there'll be more questions <laughs> next week um not for talking chris, food not for chris <laughs> not for chris or chad next week because well it will be for chris but i think next week uh, mr chris sims from war rocket ajax is coming on the show to talk about issues 77 to 100 so there'll be a question for chris number two next week 77 that's a huge is that what i said for real is that you what mean I said? 97 right oh my goodness i need to go to bed 97 to 100 i was gonna say we're, we're recapping a lot of issues we've already done but that's, that's fine <laughs> that is a long show 16 hours later 97 <laughs> no kidding. that's 97 huge. 98 99 i was, I was feeling kind 100. of slided yeah yeah okay okay that's glad glad we got just, that. just give me 100 155 man Jeez. i'm glad someone on the show is paying attention it was all a little Chad, elaborate you should um, join the show anyway so that it could be talking joes with chief and chris and chad and then just have like every single issue done the, like this the rest well, of the time no no listen it's too much we'll kill too him much. we'll kill him too much um but yes. I would love to come back whenever you guys get to something that you think I uh, would be good for. This is a blast. I Nin- N- Ninja Force Snake Eyes territory. Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. That's great. With that in mind, uh, you can catch us in all the usual places. Talking underscore Joe on Twitter. Talking Joe Comics on Instagram. Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com. Talking Joe at G.I. Joe Podcast on the Facebook. Um, where can the fine people find you, Chad, if they want to get in touch with you? Twitter's probably the best place. Just I'm at Chad Bowers. Again, I got lucky with that one. Simple. Simples. And yeah, you, you diagnostic yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Diagnostic A T D I A G N O S T I K A zero on Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of jazz. But then also the Full Force podcast or the Full Force on Twitter, Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, pretty much everywhere you can find anything ever. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So with that being done and said, we will catch you down the road. Bye. Big thanks to our guest Chad Bowers. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.